And let's, uh, let's pray before we get into the Word today. I know some of you are shocked. Pastor's wearing her full-blown suit. But I couldn't go home to change for the service this afternoon, so I thought I'd wear my wedding duds one more time. Amen. So, uh, uh, and again, thank you all so much for all the things you've done for Andrew and Gabrielle. Uh, they're going to do really well, and we're excited for them. Praise God. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart, and I open my ears, and I expect you to speak to me and minister to me right where I am. My ears are open, and my heart is ready for what you have for me today. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, we just thank you for your word. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us where we are. We thank you, Lord, that the things we share about righteousness again today just really reminds us of how powerful it is that we're walking and living the way that we are, all because of the blood, all because of what you did for us. And, Lord, we just thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. Your word says that you gave your only begotten Son so that whosoever would believe upon him would be saved and have everlasting life. Lord, we just thank you that because of Jesus, because of you sending your Son, because he bled, because he died for us, because he was raised from the dead, we have eternal life when we accept him and we make him King of kings and Lord of lords of our own heart, our own lives by becoming born again. We thank you, Lord, that the principles of what he did for us ring true, just like a, a, the Liberty Bell when they rang it at the anniversary of the company so long that it cracked. Lord, we just thank you that we remember that Jesus paid the price so that we could walk in liberty and freedom. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise for these things in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and you can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited about sharing part two today. I know, uh, I think uh, uh, Chuck came up to me. A couple other folks came up to me. They were like, man, thank you for sharing this. Because you know, it's something you hear, but you never, you know, it's good to hear it again, right? You need to hear these things again because you need to remind yourself about what the blood did for you and about what his righteousness did for you. Amen. But today I'm going to kind of meddle a little bit. Everybody say, oh, no. Okay, so there's one of you said, oh, no. Amen. But I'm going to meddle a little bit because I think you need to, you know, a, a good pastor would meddle a little bit so you, you stay sharp in some areas. But there's some things that I've learned uh, through the years that some folks in the body of Christ, they tend to hold on to. They tend not to let go of certain things. And, and really, it's religion. Everybody say religion. I mean, religion will cost you a lot. Amen. Your opinion about money, that's religion. If it's not based on the words, you need to look it up. Your opinion about uh, healing, about the goodness of God, about you being, being delivered from the curse. Those things can harm you if those opinions aren't based on the word of God. Somebody shout amen. 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 Well, we talked last Sunday about the force of righteousness. And uh, we, we shared with you about how understanding that you have divine approval in your life sets you free from a sense of rejection, inadequacy, or inferiority. And, um, you know, you need to be confident that you have God's approval. And you do. Everybody say, I have God's approval. You do. Amen. You're free to receive God's best, His blessings. And you are free to follow His plan for your life. And confidence in God sets you free 
from constantly seeking the approval from others as well. Amen. And we shared with you how the gospel of Christ is a revelation of the righteousness of God. The gospel, the things Jesus spoke about, is a revelation of the righteousness of God. Because he died for you, he bled, he died for you, he was raised from the dead, and you made him Lord of your life, you became born again. You have become righteous. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, the gospel, knowing what he did for us, knowing through the letters and everything, we read in the teachings of Paul, of Paul and James and Peter and John, all the different ones. When you read and you understand what God has done for you, how, he, how Jesus died, he was made a curse for you so that you could be redeemed from the totality of the curse, then you understand that, uh, how important your righteousness really is. In fact, righteousness is one of the most misunderstood subjects in the Bible. Uh, and it's the gospel of Christ uh, that's a revelation of the righteousness of God. Well, the scripture we gave you last Sunday, our main theme scripture is this, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And we've heard this spoken in different ways through our lives. You know, if you've been in church all your life, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, well, you know, look at this with me. Uh, Romans 1, verses 16 and 17 says, Paul writing these words to the, to the church in Rome. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Uh, another translation says, For the gospel reveals how God put people right with himself. Uh, the Lovett translation, that was a good news Bible. The Lovett translation says that the gospel reveals God's way of making men as righteous as himself. Amen. You're made as righteous as God. Wow, you can't say that. I just did. Because that's what the Word says. See, Jesus made the way. Amen. Amen. He was that bridge builder that helped you come across and come back to fellowship with God the Father. You were made righteous uh, when you accepted the Lord as your Savior. Amen. He declared you righteous. Hallelujah. Paul says the gospel is the power of God. He mentions faith four times in this passage of Scripture. Your faith, as we told you last Sunday, cannot be any stronger than your revelation of your own righteousness. Your faith works best when you have a righteous conscious, uh, consciousness in your life. So this morning, let me get into where I want to share with you today. And I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 8 next. But you know, we've all heard the scripture in Romans 8, 1, where it says, There is therefore now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, all of you in here today, if you're saved, hold your hand up. Come on. Well, you're born again. You ask Jesus into your life, right? Well, the Bible says there's no condemnation for any of you here. Not a sense of guilt or anything from your past. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're free from condemnation. You're free also, I don't have time to get into this today, but you're free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. Well, look at this verse here, Romans chapter 8, verses 33 and 34. 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Well, that's you and me. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes or maketh intercession for us. This is the King James Version. Now, what we just see here on the screen, this is a radical, revolutionary revelation of the reality of your righteousness. Everybody say radical. This is radical. This is revolutionary. Amen. It is revolutionary. If you grew up in a denominational church, say if you grew up in the Catholic church or the Methodist church or the Presbyterian church, to be so bold as to shout these things out, how many of you know you might get a little bit of input from people, wouldn't you? Yeah. But you know, if you know the word, who can lay any charge to me? I'm God's elect. God justified me. How about you? He justified you. He justified me. Just if I'd never done it, like we shared with you last time. Just if I'd never done it. God did that for you. Righteousness is a free gift. Righteousness is a legal declaration. Righteousness is a spiritual force. Well, this radical revolutionary revelation, the reality of righteousness... If you believe this, I'm telling you right now, you're a radical. You're a radical. And you're not only a radical, but bless God, you're revolutionary. Amen. You're not only revolutionary. This means you're going to change some things in this world if you believe this stuff. I believe it. How about you? Amen. I believe it. And you know what? My righteousness should be evident. It should be known. You're the billboard of God's goodness in the earth. People should know who you are, who you represent. This means you're going to change some things in this world. Why? Because you have got a radical, revolutionary set of good news. Isn't that right? You got the good news. It is God. It is God. Everybody say, it's my God who has declared me righteous. Say that again. It is my God. Who has declared me righteous. One more time. It is my God who has declared me righteous. That's right. It is God who has justified you. It is God himself that has justified you. God produced your righteousness by the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Oh, thank God for the blood. But now you are in Christ. And no one can say that you don't measure up. How many of you in, this, in high school, you were the nobody? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. But I'll raise mine. My first several years in high school, I was nobody. But then things changed as I got older in high school. Uh, you know what changed? Jesus changed me. And then I was voted to be vice president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I wasn't even an athlete. Jesus changed me. Did he change you? Some of you I know grew up in church all your life. Praise God for you. That's a wonderful thing. That's probably the best testimony ever. I know a lot of people get caught up in wanting to hear just the most radical, crazy testimony ever. But you know what? God justified you. 
and he justified me. And we have something to shout about, don't we? But how many of you know in, in school, maybe you were a nobody? Maybe you were, were somebody, you know, you just didn't feel like you measured up. Or, or maybe you just didn't feel qualified to do certain things. Anybody ever felt that way besides me? I have. I remember the first time Jane had invited us and paid our way to go to the Lincoln dinner. And I'm sitting at the back table with that, uh, uh, at a table, and there were several people there that have been on TV, like on Fox News and different things. And I remember sitting there, and I had my old suit on, and I thought, I am so underdressed for this table. Bless God, I was qualified to sit there. I had a ticket. Amen. I had a ticket. I was blessed to be there. But I want you to know something. God gave you a ticket. You are qualified. You get to sit at the table that's been set for you. Amen. When all trouble breaks loose, there's a table in the wilderness. It's got your name on the seat. Got your name on the place card. That's your place. When trouble comes because of the blood, you can run through the woods and get to that table and sit down and say, I'm blessed. Amen. You got the duds on. You got the good shoes. You got the nice clothes. Why? Because the blood cleansed you. You're covered in His blood. You have a robe of righteousness. You've been delivered by the Most High God. And you have freedom in your life like nobody's ever had. Amen. That's who you are. That's what belongs to you. And bless God, you're a radical. You're a revolutionary. All because of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ that changed you. Amen. Everybody say, He changed me. Amen. You know now, oh, because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, now you need to realize God produced your righteousness by the Lord's blood. Now in Christ, no one can ever tell you that you don't measure up. No one can ever stop you and say, you don't belong here. Amen. No one can ever stop you and say you don't measure up, that you're not qualified. No one can ever condemn you. Why? Because no one else measures up to God's standard of righteousness, but you do. Amen. You do because you made him Lord of your life. Somebody shout amen. amen. How many of you say the blood's been more than enough for you, right? Amen. See, God doesn't remember your sin anymore. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he took all of your sins. Isn't that right? Remember when you said the sinner's prayer? Maybe you were on your knees. I was on my face crying like a baby. Oh, my goodness. Lord, please, thank you that you take all of my sin from me right now. I said that over and over and over, and I'll never forget Brother Ball. That was his name at the Green Meadow Church of God. He grabbed me by my shoulders, and he says, You have been forgiven, and God doesn't remember your sin anymore. Stop saying it over and over. He took it for you because you made Jesus Lord of your life. That day changed me. How many of you remember when you got saved? Did it change you? Did it change you? Come on, I can't hear you. Did it change you? Amen. Did it change you? Weren't you just wild back then about it, weren't you? But you know, lately, you know, it's word of faith people. We've become all dignified, bless God. We're too good sometimes to shout, run. Uh-huh. Wave our hanky around. Get a little bit excited. I mean, Jesus changed your life. I don't know about you. That's something to shout about and run about. Amen. 
He changed you. I mean, where would you be? He found you bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road, but he poured in the oil and the wine for you. He delivered you. He set you free. You, you revolutionary crazy person, you. Amen. You became qualified. You became totally measuring up to everything. Amen. Nobody can condemn you because you have become God's standard of righteousness in the earth. Stop and think about that one for a minute. That's good news. I know sometimes we get in the flesh and sometimes we, you know, Paul told us about buffeting our body and that's not going down to the restaurant and buffeting your body. You know what I mean. But then Paul said you need to buffet your body. You've got to be hard on yourself. You've got to be hard on that flesh. I know we do stupid things sometimes. Can I say stupid in church? I just did. Say, say I've done stupid things. That's some of you. Praise God. We'll, we'll be praying for you this afternoon. Uh, we'll call you up front. But we've all done foolish things, haven't we? We've said wrong things. But you know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if you mess up, you fess up. You go right back to the Lord, and he's faithful and just to what? To forgive you from all unrighteousness. Cleanse you. That's something to shout about. I mean, who you are in Christ is something to shout about. Who you are and what belongs to you now is something to shout about. It's something to tell the world about. It's something to declare. Even if you're walking through Walmart or you're at the produce section in Kroger and somebody's having a bad day and just you strike up a conversation with them and all of a sudden they just look at you and you know, there's just something different about you. And there you go. There's the door. I'm going to step right into that. Well, let me tell you about who, who changed my life. What Jesus did for you should matter more than anything else. It should be your bread and butter of how you live, breathe, and walk because his righteousness, he gave you his... Oh, mm. uh, the other day I, I thought this, uh, and I'm just going to say it. He gave you his robe and placed it on you. Didn't the Bible say, talking about I'm covered over with the robe of righteousness? He took his own robe that he took off. They nailed him to the tree. The robe that was covered in blood. He laid down his, uh, if you would, he laid down his lordship, his, his status. He laid it all down. And he came down to earth where you and I are. And he gave his all so that you could be totally set free from the curse that the first Adam fell prey to. And now the second Adam, Jesus, he laid it all down and came down to our level so that he could grab you and me by the hands and bring us up to where he is and take all that that he laid down, the authority, the robe of righteousness, the crown even, and he made you and me king and priest unto our God. He took his robe and he placed it on you. See, we've stepped away from these things. We've gotten all religion, all religized. And we need to be excited about what the king has done for us. Amen. God doesn't even remember your sin anymore. And even if you mess up, you can fix it. But let's look at one more verse here. Isaiah 43, verses 25 through 26. 
Father says this about you and me. Really, Isaiah is prophesying, I believe, when you study it out. He says, I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let's plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Put me in remembrance. You see that? If you got your own Bible, you ought to open it up there and underline it. Put me in remembrance. If you're on an iPad, you can highlight it permanently. Not with a highlighter, but you know with the app. All right. Uh, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. See, your justification goes into effect the moment you receive divine approval. When did you receive divine approval? You received it when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And since the blood of Jesus has the power to remove sin from your life, it also has the power to remove sin from the mind of God. We're reading that here. It also has the power to remove sin from your mind. Everybody say, my mind. Now here's where I'm going to start meddling. Because we all deal with some of the things I'm about to tell you about. And we tend to glorify things that we should not be glorifying. But see, you no longer have to live with a sin consciousness. You no longer have to live with a guilty feeling. But you can now live with a righteousness consciousness. Amen. You and I do not have to live with a sin consciousness or a guilty feeling. But you can have a righteousness consciousness. Amen. Everybody say, it's not my fault. There's a story, it's a true story. It's about a lady who was in a church down in Louisiana, and her husband was sleeping in the passenger side, and her young son was in the back, and uh, they were driving down a, a two-lane highway in the middle of the night, and she fell asleep at the wheel. Car tumbled and tumbled, it killed her husband and killed her only son. And she was completely grief-stricken. She had called the pastor, her pastor at her home church and in the middle of the night, and she told him what had happened. Uh, she said, the car we were driving, it just turned over and over, and, and I killed my husband. I killed my child. And, and she's just screaming on the phone. She was overwhelmed by grief. I've killed my husband. I've killed my child. Well, immediately the pastor and his wife, they got up and they got in the car and they went to where she was at that hospital in that town. It was an hour or so away. They were on their way home. And um, when they got there, you know, they sat with her. They prayed with her. Um, they helped her with things that needed to be done to take care of things as it happens when someone passes. But later, after the funeral, uh, she came back home. And she came back home to her own home Broken, hurt, and feeling guilty like you couldn't imagine. And that guilt was overwhelming to her. She came home into an empty house. She came home to their king-sized bed that they slept together in. Their marriage that produced a, a child. And now both of those people that she cared everything about are now in heaven. But yet she felt, felt like it was all her fault. 
She was oppressed by guilt. Oppressed. She had hidden uh, uh, things in her own heart, how guilty she felt. Well, after time went by, she decided that, uh, and the pastor was encouraging, you need to get back in church. You need to get back in church. And uh, they knew she had come to church that particular Sunday after being out for a couple weeks after all this had happened. And um, uh, one of the ushers told the pastor before he got up to preach, he says, go out and find her, bring her in. Go out and find her. If her car's out there, go find her. So the, they had two ushers go out looking for her and, the, and their wives, and they found her behind bushes in the back of the church. She was hiding, crouched on the ground in the back of the church behind a bush, just bawling like a baby. And she just she goes, I can't come in. I'm just so guilty. I'm so guilty. I'm so guilty. But finally, after a while, they convinced her to come back in, and they brought her in, and they set her in the back. And she never stopped coming to church after that. But one service in particular that she attended, again, still dealing with this grief, the pastor felt impressed that he needed to tell her something by unction of the Holy Ghost. And he called her up, and she came up to the front of the church, and he said, Sweetheart, the Lord wants you to know this today. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. And at that very moment, the anointing hit her, and she broke. You know what I'm talking about. You've been in those services, and the anointing just hit somebody. That's something that was spoken, and that may have been spoken a dozen times, a million times before, but in that particular moment, the anointing hit her, and she broke. She fell to the ground, and in that immediate moment, right there at that altar, the anointing broke the guilt and broke the shame that had been tormenting her. The pastor and, uh, and his wife, they laid hands on her. And at that very moment, she received from the power of God. She was restored. She received that perfect peace began to bubble on the inside of her. And, and all of a sudden, she began, began to squeal and she began to laugh and she began to cry all at the same time. And it just got all over her, and she began to jump up and down after she stood up. And she was just free. She was free from the oppression. She was set free from that feeling of feeling guilty, feeling like it's all my fault. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. If God declares you not guilty, then you're not guilty. Amen. You're not guilty. Go look it up in Romans 8, 33 and 34 later today. You're not guilty. God declared you not guilty. Amen. I don't care what you've done. Even now that you've been saved all these years, you know, and we talk in tongues, and we, and we got our Bible, bless God. And, we, you know, we got our Bible underneath our arm. We're coming to church. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe during church you get a little bit, woo-hoo-hoo. But, you know, you get outside the door, and all of a sudden you start thinking about other things. And all of a sudden, something starts creeping back on you. Maybe you're lonely, or maybe it had something to do with a divorce situation. Or maybe somebody died, and you felt like you couldn't talk to them about something, or you couldn't tell them something that God was telling you to tell them. You feel guilty because you never made that connection. But God's telling you today that you're not guilty. Amen. 
You're not guilty. No matter what you've no matter what you've struggled with, no matter what you've tried to treat as depression, you need to know that God has declared you not guilty. Amen. And then let me just meddle a little bit more. Are you ready? There's some Christian psychologists that I want to quote this morning, but they made the statement that they could get rid of if they could just take the time and get rid of a person's sense of guilt, that 80% of patients who struggle with depression would be free. They would be free. If they could get a person's sense of guilt removed from their life, they could treat their depression and they could be free from it. But what they said was, they, they, if they cannot reach the root of it, that person struggles with depression all their life. And the root of it is that sense of guilt. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 14. The Bible says, The righteous shalt thou be in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear from terror. For it shall not come near thee. Amen. Well, the moment you are established in the understanding of righteousness, you will be far from oppression. What is oppression? Well, if I was going to, as a pastor, tell you the simplest way to describe oppression, oppression is, is a dark cloud hanging over your head. Oppression can be pressure. Oppression can be a, a, a pressure from thinking about what you did and maybe what you didn't do or should have done. Oppression, uh, sometimes uh, uh, that oppression can make you feel like you're just unworthy, that you don't belong, that you feel like... Uh, you know, I just don't fit in. Those things we struggled with in high school that I uh, uh, kind of uh, referred to earlier. You felt like you're not qualified. And if we're not careful, even being born again, those things can come back upon us because we continue to dwell on things that we're supposed to be walking free from. Can you say amen? Amen. We, we, we're not walking free because we continually rehearse our trouble. We continually, if I can be so bold this morning, we rehearse the curse. You know, we did these plays. I don't want to do another one ever again. I really don't. Because it's a lot of work, a lot of commitment. Elf was, uh, was a whole thing. This last one was kind of easy, and I did it as a favor. But you know, when you have to sit there and rehearse your lines over and over and over, you're rehearsing the person before you, the person after you, and so forth. And Wesley had a lot of lines this last time. And it's hard. But if that, that person gets off on theirs, it throws you off. And then you have to work to get back to where you're supposed to be in the scene and do it good so nobody else knows. But a lot of times in our lives, even after being born again, living and walking by faith, word of faith people, believing in healing, believing in being delivered from the curse, even at times in our lives, we're quick sometimes to let guilt overtake us. And Jesus delivered you from your guilt. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus has delivered you from your guilt. The blood of Jesus, come on now, has the power to remove sin and the sin conscious, consciousness from your life and impart into you that righteousness consciousness. Amen. It's impossible to be depressed when you have a, right, a revelation of righteousness. 
It's impossible to be depressed if you have a revelation of righteousness. It really is. Well, in uh, these Christian psychologists, uh, Dr. Uh, Mir and Dr. Afterburn, they wrote in the book, The Complete Life's Encyclopedia, uh, about shame. And I want to read this to you, and then i got one verse of Scripture we're going to pray. But shame, in, the, in their book, they write, Shame is the issue that drives almost every compulsive, self-defeating behavior known to the human race. Everybody say shame. Shame is the issue that drives almost every compulsive, self-defeating behavior known to the human race. Shame is at the root of all addiction. Whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's clutter, whether it um, uh, has to do with everything has to be perfect. I know I'm meddling, I love you. Or, if, or, or you know, you, you, things have to be this way or that way, or maybe you get real irritated because something's not like this. Listen to me. Shame is the issue. It's the root of all addiction. And whether it's an eating addiction, spending addiction, drug addiction, or an approval addiction, like I was telling you joking last week, I just want people to like me. Linda Hain came up to me Sunday after church. She goes, they're celebrating birthday this week. That's why she's not here. But she came up and said, Pastor, I just want you to know I like you. <laughs> and she hugged me real tight. Because, you know, people like to be liked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, just the fact, 80 to 90% of all problems can be taken care of just by a pat on the back or a hug. Oh, yeah. That's true. But let me finish what they said here. Uh, Shame is the root of all addiction, whether it's an eating addiction, a spending addiction, a drug addiction, or approval addiction. It may be forgotten, hidden, or disguised, but the shame is there. It is real, and it drives behavior. In counseling, it is sometimes the shame that surfaces first. In other cases, the addiction surfaces first. Because shame and addiction always go together like partners. Whether we encounter one, we always look for the other. Shame and addiction can always be found together. Don't you believe that righteousness can push the shame away from your life? I believe that. How about you? If we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then my righteous consciousness, who I am in Christ, should be at the top. And that only happens when you're feeding yourselves the constant word in your life to keep your thoughts on the right things. Amen. Praise God. So how are you going to get rid of shame? Well, if the gospel of Jesus Christ can get rid of the root of your shame in your life, then guess what? The gospel can change your behavior. Amen. If faith in the blood of Jesus brings freedom to your life, delivers you, faith in what Jesus did for you, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. If that brings freedom to our life, that same, same faith in the blood of Jesus, that same faith in the righteousness of God that He gave to you can bring freedom to you from a guilty conscience, conscious, uh, consciousness and replace it with a sense of righteousness. Replace it with a sense of being right with God. See, your thinking, your talking, 
and your behavior, everything changes when you put righteousness as a first priority in your life, that you're studying it, you're reading it, you're taking it in. It revolutionizes your thinking and it changes your behavior and everything that you are. You know, most all of us, most of all of us need to understand that all of you can approach God with confidence and the full assurance of faith, can't you? Amen? And if that's true, then you need to let go of the past. You need to let go of the things you think it's my fault. It's not your fault. Jesus redeems you. I heard Keith Moore, I sat in the office the other day before we, before we had, you know, you ever heard the whole, the whole phrase, you know, uh, you done made your bed, now you got to lay in it. Right? You ever heard that? You done made your bed, now you got to lay in it. I want you to know something. Jesus laid in my bed. I don't have to lay in it anymore. Amen. Jesus done laid in my bed. I know it's not good English, but you know what? He done did it. Amen. He done did it for me, and he done did it for you. He already laid in that bed for you. My God, I'm free from it. You need to let go of your past once and for all. You need to drive a nail in that casket and put that bad boy in the ground because you were redeemed. Amen? Whatever's happened in your life in the last however long it's been since you've been saved, he redeemed you. You don't have to feel guilty anymore. You can walk in freedom. Last verse real quick on Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. So let us draw near with a true heart full and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from a what? An evil consciousness or an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with what? Pure water. Y'all remember when we do baptism? Baptism represents laying your old man, those old guilts, those old sin. Water baptism represents you've laid down your old person and you've rose up to a new man. Amen. Amen? The way translation reads, let us draw near with a sincere heart in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with the blood which cleanses all guilt from the conscience. And then the Jordan translation, I love this one. Let's, cle let's cleanse our hearts from any unworthy feeling. Amen? Folks, today, as we get ready to pray, and I know we're going to eat and celebrate Pastor Donna, but you need to know you've got divine approval. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it out loud with me with all boldness. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He remembers my sin no more. I am redeemed from my guilt, from my shame. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your heads bowed, please. Your eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I'm not calling you up front, but I feel impressed of the Holy Ghost. You know, if you like that lady uh, who, whose, whose husband died in the car, they lost, she lost the child. If you felt guilty about something, you need to let that go. Amen. Let it go. He redeemed you. He saved you. He delivered you. 
You know, right there at your seat, all you got to do is just ask the Lord, Lord, I, I repent for holding on to this. I thank you that you just cleanse me right now from all unrighteousness. I let it go. I let it go. I realize now it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Whoever did something to you when you were younger, it's not your fault. You've been delivered. Amen. The blood was more than enough. It's not your burden to carry anymore. In fact, I just heard the Lord say, tell them it's not their cross to bear. And quit talking that way. You've been redeemed. Quit putting down my workmanship, says the Lord. Because you are my workmanship. I created you to be holy. All because of the blood. Walk in that that I have given to you freely. Walk in it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, I just, I, I, I stretch my hands towards the congregation today and anybody watching online. Thank you, Lord. We let go of our sin. We let go of that guilt, that shame. We let it go because we have been radically changed. We have a radical revelation of your righteousness in our lives. We let all that junk go, and we choose to follow after you in all the areas of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Hey, this morning, if you don't know the Lord,